you that have sat through my teachings, you know I'm a slide person. I'm a teacher at heart. Um, Brother Terry and Sister Sonia, you may recall this lesson from about four and a half years ago. Parts of it will be a repeat to you, but that's okay. And part of it is revamped. Um, The Word of God is forever, and He is the same. And so I have um, gone forward from it. Who knows our memory verse? Everybody should. It was so easy. Come on. Go ahead, Brother Terry. Hebrews 11.1. I don't have control here. So there we go. Now I do. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I wanted to go on and read verses 2 through 6. By it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, it's not that Cain, that Abel, I, it's not just his sacrifice that was wrong. It was his attitude. He didn't bring what he brought with faith. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained, Abel obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Is your faith going to speak after you're dead? That jumped out at me when I read this, and I underlined it in blue. I'm like, wow, do I have strong enough faith that not only does it speak today while I'm alive, but will my faith still speak to people After I'm dead? By faith, Enoch was translated. That would be like so awesome to be translated. I mean like poof out of here. That he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Will I have that testimony that I pleased God. When I am gone, however I go, will I have that testimony after I'm gone, that I pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So it's twofold. First of all, you have to believe that God is. That's the first part of your faith. Now, I think that we all believe that he is or we wouldn't spend our Wednesday nights here. We'd have stayed home, popped our popcorn, and done whatever it is that people do on Wednesday night if they don't come to church, if they don't believe in God. But that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
Not just seek him, but diligently. Do you believe and know that God diligently, or that he rewards those that diligently seek him? Because that's the two steps to our now faith. Now, there's a couple ways to look at that now faith. Now faith. Hello, listen up. Right? Now faith. Now I am going to tell you something. Right? That's one way to use that word. Okay? So now faith. It could be translated, interpreted, taken to mean, hello, listen up. So our writer could be saying, pay attention here. Now faith is. I want you to know what it is. And I'm going to give you some examples of some people that had that kind of faith, that substance. Or it could be now faith. That faith that's going to take away the doubt and the fear. The faith that's going to remove the mountains out of your life. The faith that's going to make you pleasing to God. The faith that's going to make you have a testimony that lives after you're gone. Now faith. Faith for now. Or it could be that it's faith that you build now for next week when you need it. Maybe I don't need quite so much today, so I'm building it up now for then. I don't know. That's just, I get a little bit. So it's hard to have something and put it into action if you don't know what it is. So I'm going to ask you, what is faith? The Bible says that it's the substance of what we hope for. What are you hoping for? Thank you. I have one answer up here that instantly was heaven. Now, if that's really our ultimate hope, it would change the way that we think about a whole lot of things. Heaven for me. Heaven for me. It would change how I live my life. It would even change what I put my faith in, what I pray for, what I need from God. But that's a whole nother lesson. So it's the substance of what I hope for. And it's the evidence of what's not seen yet. So in Brother Dan's case, he doesn't see heaven yet, but his faith makes him believe and know that it's real and that he's headed there. So it's the evidence of what's not seen. Webster defines substance as that which underlies all outward manifestations, real, unchanging essence or nature of a thing, that in which qualities inhere that which constitutes anything what it is. So it's what makes it what it is. 
That's the substance. The substance of this podium is wood. Right? That's what it's made of. It's the nature of a thing. In here means to be a, a fixed element or attribute. So it's what it's made up of. And evidence is clearness, an outward sign. So if we were going to paraphrase Hebrews 11.1, 1, we could paraphrase it as faith is the fixed, unchanging element of things desired. The clear, outward sign of things not seen without any doubt or wavering of the mind. We are so sure that we don't waver, we don't doubt, we don't have second thoughts. We are convinced. We are 100% sure. The evidence is there. It's unchanging. So given these definitions, that could be our paraphrase. Faith is constant. It does not waver. It's not here today, down tomorrow, up today, over tomorrow, in, out, up, down, over, under, round, about, straight as an arrow. That's faith. I know what I know. I know what I know. I don't doubt. I don't fear. It is what it is. God is who he is, period, end of sentence. Faith causes what is nothing to be made into something. And this is proven in Hebrews 11.3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now this connects back into Genesis 1 and 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. God took something that was void, nothing, and made it into the world simply by his spoken word. He took light out of nothing by speak made light out of nothing by speaking to darkness we need to speak to the darkness darkness cannot exist where there's light where there's faith there cannot be the darkness of doubt well i believe but faith does not have buts Well, I know that God would, but I know that God can, but that's not faith. That's logic. Faith has no logic attached to it. I don't know how you can do more with 90% of your income than you can with 100%. But by faith, I choose to give God way more 
than 10% by faith and watch him just blow my mind. And it's like, wow, how do you do that, God? I mean, how do you possibly take this amount and make it more? How do you do that, God? He says, well, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. It's no big deal to me. But you keep the 100% because it's more logical. And it doesn't even stretch to the next payday. Because that's just how it is. Faith does not see the underside or the negative. I don't like the word negative because it's not in the Bible. So faith doesn't see the evil. Evil is in the Bible. Faith just doesn't see it. Faith sees and talks and responds in a good and truthful way. Faith has no fear. If we have faith in God, fear is driven out. Faith is the force that dispels the dark. There is no boogeyman when you have faith. You can walk through the dark and not be afraid. Because Jesus is with you. Faith is not believing that God can. It's believing that he will. God will hear an answer. God will give me the desire of my heart. God will hide me under the shadow of his wing. God will defeat my enemy. God will lift me up above the shadow. God will be the lily in my valley. God will hide me in the tower of refuge. God will. Amen. God will. So it's not believing that God can. The Bible is full of what God can do. But my faith has to make it that I know that he will do it. Therein lies the difference between thinking and believing, knowing, now faith. Hebrews 11.23 says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months by his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. What comes to my mind is the lady in Kentucky right now taking a stand. Would your faith, would your faith see you through? Or would your face say, well, it's no big deal. You know, everybody's going along. You know, besides, that's what they elected me to do, and so I need to do it. Now faith does what's right. And they're... not afraid of the king's command. Moses' parents were not afraid of the king's command. 
They could have been killed. But the fear is not of God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you have fear, it is not coming to you from God. So if it's not from God, guess who's sending it your way? It's not part of your faith. Faith casts out fear. Faith dispels fear. Faith believes that even when the situation looks impossible, it's possible. Think about in Romans 4, 19 through 21, about Abraham. Now, I know that Sarah laughed. I would have, too. Quite honestly, I think we all would have. We're in a mixed group, so I won't get graphic. But but Abraham didn't waver. It says here, and being not weak in faith, in faith. Now, it didn't say, and being not weak in body. This man was old. Old is old, folks. Thank you. He considered not his own body now dead when he was a hundred years old. Your dad's how old? Going to be 95. Well, okay, we can all chuckle right about now, you know. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sarah was old too, ladies. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he, God, was able to perform. Not he, Abraham, he, God, was able to perform it. Abraham didn't quite know how this was going to come about. Neither did Sarah. Sarah said it's Past the time, God. Yeah, kind of waited too long. Read it yourself. Go back to the Old Testament and read it. But Abraham did not stagger at the promise. His faith kept him strong. How many times does God tell us something, and it doesn't happen in our little timetable, and we go, well, it's not going to happen. Too late now. Past the time. No. God doesn't always work on our agenda. He didn't stagger at God's promise through unbelief. He was fully persuaded that God was not only able, but that God would. Stagger means to doubt, to reel, to sway, to totter, wobble, or stumble. Unbelief means to be skeptical. I don't like to be around skeptical people because then it gets rubbed off on me. I'm kind of, I am a, very much a realist by nature. And so being a realist, I walk a very fine line 
that I can fall into skepticism very quickly. And so I have to guard my spirit and not be around skeptics because they can rub off on me very easily. I want to believe God. Persuade means to induce one to believe. I love to be around people that believe anything is possible with God. God said, if you'll do it, he'll do it. All things are possible to him that believe. So if it's not happening, maybe I'm not believing. Must be me, not him. It is a state of being persuaded, believing without wavering. So even though Abraham knew the human impossibility, his faith was in the supernatural, not the natural probability. I don't understand how God does certain things, but it's not mine to know. By faith, I can receive it. Another example is found in 2 Kings chapter 4 with the Shunammite woman. I'm not sure that if my child was laying dead and the man of God said to me, Hey, how's it going? I would be able to say, It is well. Oh, you just don't know. Where were you? I needed you so bad. You were over here and I had to come all this way to get you. And I... No, her face said, It is well. Even though her son lay dead, because she believed that the prophet of the Lord would raise the son up from the dead, he was a promised child. God's not going to take away the promise, so God must be going to raise the promise back up. She believed. So it's well. You'll take care of it. No problem here. She didn't rely on what her eyes could see but rather had faith in what her hope, her desire was, because he will give the desire of our heart. Some ask, how and why can this be? Again, faith doesn't have fear. In the hearts and minds of people who have faith, God becomes bigger than the very thing that they fear or face. The real question is this, how big is your God in comparison to the thing that you're facing? If he's not bigger, then fear will try to edge in. Fear is going to try to edge in anyway. Well, you know, if you do that, then Satan get thee behind me. I am not listening to it. Talk to the hand because the ears are not listening. (laughs) How big is God to you? If you see God in his greatness and power, then his glory will fill your mind. And God becomes bigger than the situation you face. Another example, and you can read it on your own, would be 1 Samuel 17. And I think most everybody here knows this story of David and Goliath. It's our favorite Sunday school story. Um, The story begins with an army, a whole army that forgot how big their God was. I don't know, maybe they had never experienced the personal and knew to know how big their God was. I don't know, 
But thankfully, this little shepherd boy had. And it took a shepherd boy to show them that God was bigger than any force that comes against his children. When David went to visit his brothers, he heard Goliath running his mouth. The enemy will always try to run his mouth. Like I said, you have to be bold enough to say, get thee behind me. In Jesus' name, get behind me. I am not listening. Doubt, I cast you out. You have no place in my life, fear. I am not listening to you. My God is able. And he will work this out for my good. I don't have a clue how, but I don't need to have a clue. Because he already knows my ending from my beginning. So it's fine. I'm in his hands. Then the story goes on that all the men of Israel, when they saw this big giant, that they fled and that they were sore afraid. What they could see and hear in the natural was filled with Goliath rather than God. Sometimes we can become so focused on the here and now that we forget to look up and see the awesomeness of our God. We forget to get into the word and increase our faith. We forget to build ourselves up through the word of God. And we'll talk about that next week. They saw his size and they heard his loudness and they trembled and they allowed fear to rule them rather than faith. First Samuel 17 verse 26 says that then David put Goliath in his place when he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now here's this little boy. I don't know exactly how tall he was, but the other guys were men. And here's this little boy. I don't know who you think you are, but you can't defy my God. And that's what we need to say to the enemy. And then his faith took him before the king in in verse 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of this him, the giant. Thy servant will go and fight this Philistine. Why could David say this? It was because his emphasis was not on his own power, but on the power of God. He had faith in his God. Verse 37 says that the Lord delivered me, David, out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. He knew what God had done before. He had built up his faith then, now, so that in this situation, he was ready to take on the big one. You know, there used to be that old TV show back in the, I don't know, 60s or 70s. It's the big one, Ethel. Well, we're all going to face the big one. Either you're going to be told that you have some horrendous physical condition by the doctor, you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose someone you love, you're going to lose, I don't know, something's going to happen in your life that's going to be the big one. And for each one of us, the big one is different. 
But what shouldn't be different is who the ultimate big one is. And if the big one is truly the big one and our faith and confidence is in him, not in this temporal stuff, then we're not going to waver and lose our faith. Oh, yeah, but you just don't know. Well, you know, I do know. Because we were all issued the same book. We all have the same faith builder. My Holy Ghost is no different than your Holy Ghost. We were all given the measure of faith to get started with. The difference lies in what is big in my life. And when the big is God, then nothing will shake my faith. The final proof in, of David's faith in God was what he said to Goliath in 45 through 56. Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. I come to thee in the name of the Lord. Every battle I fight, I fight in the name of the Lord. I praise Jesus. When I face a battle, I face it in Jesus' name. I don't fight the battle. He does. Some of us are like this army. We see the devil roaming about and think that he's so big. And we hear him roaring and think that he's so powerful. Oh, well, the devil is. He's nothing. Go back and read 1 Peter 5 and 8 again. Does somebody have that scripture handy? 1 Peter 5, 8. Seeking whom he may devour, not whom he can devour. If it said whom he can devour, that would mean that he's already able to do it. This says whom he may devour. You have to give him permission by letting down your faith and allowing fear and doubt to replace your faith And then he can devour you. And devour you he will. The only reason he roars and makes a lot of noise is because he's trying to scare you and back you into a corner. But when you look at him and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get thee behind me. Flee. You have no place in my life, in my home, in my, there's the door, out. He has to leave. 
We need to rehearse those things that God has already brought us through because it will increase our faith to face the trial now. We need to fight not in our own power but in the power of God with our now faith in place. Faith says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Faith says, I am more than a conqueror. That scripture has been misquoted by many a people. I'm a conqueror. No, I am more than a conqueror. I don't just win. I slaughter them. I wipe them out. I annihilate them. When I get done with them through the power of Jesus, they're done. They're wiped off the face of the earth. I'm talking spiritually, not, you know, no weapon. Well, maybe not. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You start bad mouthing me. God's going to chop your tongue off. Read the scripture. He's going to kick you down at the knees. If I start bad-mouthing you, you have the authority to chop me down in Jesus' name. By faith, we don't have a mealy-wheelie God. You know, we think of this angelic here in the Midwest, this angelic-looking little blonde-haired, blue-eyed, you know, You know, sometimes we need to see our God as the one that goes in and tosses the tables over. He fights our battles. He wins. And when I allow him to fight on my behalf, he wins for me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I don't have to fear what comes against me. All things work together for good. Why? Because I love him. I'm the called according to his purpose. Now, if I'm not sure that I love him, and if I'm not sure that I'm one of the called according to his purpose, then I might have some fear and some doubt in my life. But I know that I know that I know that I love him. I love him more than the breath that I breathe. I know that I'm called according to his purpose. I never would have lived in the heat and the humidity for 16 years if I wasn't called according to his purpose. I don't like sweating. So I know that everything in my life, I may not always enjoy the heat and the humidity, but I know that all things work together, not some things, all things work together for my good. Because I know that I love him, and I know that I'm called according to his purpose. My faith is so confident in that. 
that I've already convinced myself now, now, that if then I get the news, I can say, God, I know that there's got to be a reason for this. It's going to work for good. It's going to work for my good. There's got to be a purpose in this because I'm called according to your purpose. You wouldn't let it come my way. So I'm walking hand in hand with you through it. I'm good, God, because I'm with you. David didn't fear because he did not magnify his enemy. My eyes, your eyes, cannot be on your temporal situations. How many of you plan on taking this body with you to heaven? Then why do you worry so much about it? Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take care of it. I mean, you should take care of your body. But within reason, how many of you plan on taking your dogs, your cats, your cows, your pigs, your cars, your, I don't know, name them, your houses, your riches, your lands, your jobs, your bank accounts, your... Now, we need all those things. Well, not the dogs, the cats, the pigs, the cows. I mean, I like to eat a good pork chop. But anyway, um, (laughs) everybody, now we're talking, Brother Wayne. I like a a good steak. But do you know what I'm saying? What are we really focusing on? What do we magnify in our lives? The situations around us or our God? We heard a wonderful, wonderful exhortation on magnify. I need to magnify God every day. Sometimes 25 times in an hour. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. I need to exalt his name. Make him big because I don't know what's coming tomorrow. I need to make him big today in my heart and mind so that my faith is built up so that whatever I face, when I walk out this door, my faith is in place for it. He magnified his God. He knew that God was on his side. Oh, if God really loved me, then I wouldn't be going through this. Why not? Would you wish it on somebody else? My son, whom I love so much, when he came down on orders to go to Iraq, said something. You know, I'm his mom. It's like, you're going to Iraq? It was almost harder for me to see my son go to Iraq than it was when my husband went to Saudi Arabia because I gave birth to this child, you know. I carried him for nine months and a few odd days, and, you know, it's like, wow. Um, But he looked at me, and he said, Mom, I volunteered to go. I told him if they needed someone to go, I would go. I said, you did What? And Well, actually, it was the first time that he volunteered. The second time, he didn't volunteer because he was married that second time. But the second time, they chose him to go, and he hadn't volunteered the second time. But anyway, when he put his name in the hat to go the first time, he said, Mom, the reason that I put my name in the hat and volunteered to go is because 
I'm saved. I've been repented of my sins. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm living a holy and separated life as much as I know to live. And I believe that I'm right with God. So how could I possibly allow one of my fellow airmen to go when I know that they don't know God? And I said, oh, forgive me, Jesus. I said, my prayers and my love will go with you if you go. He knew. I learned a lesson in that. My son knew that God was on his side. Faith knows that God is on our side. Faith knows that no matter what you face, God is with you. Though he slay me, I'm going through this, so he must have left me for 10 minutes. He's not with me this month because, man, oh, moo, you just don't know the trouble I've seen this month. No, God is with me. Sometimes I can't help the stuff that other people do. You know, everything that somebody does affects other people. I was talking to someone about that the other, Sunday. We were talking about that. And what I do affects you. If I'm late and it's raining and the doors don't get unlocked, you've got to stand out in the rain. Well, or sit in your car. But what I do affects you. If I forget to set the AC, you're going to be sweating. If the men don't show up to mow the lawn, we're going to get a variance complaint. It all affects us. So those things we can't help. But God is still on our side. And he's going to somehow take that and work it around for our good because we love him and we're the called according to his purpose. And our faith, our now faith, should be telling us that. David had no false illusions about his own power, but he attributed his success and his winnings to the power of God. Please be quick to give God all glory when the victory comes. Number one, he deserves it, but second, it's going to increase your faith. Some people will say, well, I'm trying. And again, but stop trying. Just do it. Walk by faith and not by sight. Again, Zechariah says, not by might, nor by power, but my, but by my spirit. And Philippians says, I can do all things through Christ. Step out in faith and overcome. Xavier, would you please stand up and flip a couple of those switches off for me? One of the, those two in the middle there would be wonderful. Okay. Then would you flip them back on for me? Did you have any doubt or confusion about what was going to happen with that? But you knew, but you knew when you pushed them down what would happen. That lights would go off and then you knew when you pushed them up that what would happen. Okay. We expect When you go outside tonight and you jump in your car and you stick the key in and you turn the ignition over, you expect 
expect your car to just sit there and no sound, right? You expect it to start. Well, we need to expect God to move on our behalf. That's what faith does. I'm going to go home tonight. I'm going to walk in the door, flip the switch, and just expect the lights to come on. I've, it's even gotten now to where we pick up this little square thing this big, you know? It's not connected to anything. There's no wires. There's nothing. And, and we just push. We don't even dial anything. We just push one little button and picture i can push my daughter's picture on here and within about three minutes three seconds maybe not three minutes three seconds poof there she is hello what you doing today i never have any doubt that it's going to work and if it doesn't work my heart just kind of goes that's faith i have faith that all these things are going to work well how much more with god faith So again, whoop, I went too fast. Again, what is faith? Faith is the radar that helps you see in the dark. Kind of like the cat, you know, you've got the whiskers out there and they can see, not see, but get around, navigate in the dark. Well, faith is like that. It's like your radar that gets you around in the dark. Faith is not believing, again, it's not believing that God can, but that he will. A lot of people believe that God can. They just don't believe that he will for them. Mark 11, verses 22 through 24 says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but can believe that those things which he shall saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Have faith in God. Don't waver. Don't doubt. Well, I think, no. Well, it's okay to think as long as your heart's in tune with God. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So make sure that your heart is right with God. Because your heart can also be deceitfully wicked, desperate, horrible, horrendous. So my question to you is, oh no, I have this. Doubt sees the obstacles, faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night, faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step, faith soars on high. Doubt questions who believes, faith answers I. Now I'll ask you, got God? If yes, then you should have faith now. Next week, we will talk about how we increase our faith because all of us are given the measure. That's another scripture that is misquoted. Some people say that we're given a measure. We're not given a measure because that might mean that 
Sister Wendy was more favored, and she got a whole bushel basket full. And I only got a teaspoonful when I started out. But we were all given the measure. And for those of us that cook, we know that the is an exact, or if you're a a literature or an English major, the is a specific. The. God gave every one of us the measure of faith. Come back next week to find out what you're supposed to be doing with it. You were raising your hand, ma'am.